the real historic night when Nkrumah said, you know, tonight Ghana is free and this is going to be our national anthem and so on, one, one evening. Mm. In fact, the evening before the eve of independence. Yeah. That picture which I took, um, uh, unfortunately, I gave it to the proprietor of drum. Yeah. Because I was with him. Mm. In fact, he convinced me to go. Mm. And I was with So I, I, I think I gave it. So I haven't got any of those features at all. Hello, my name is Abna Sewa, editor of Akadi magazine. And you were just listening to prolific photographer Frederick Seton James Barnall, whose career as a studio portraitist and photojournalist spans over 60 years. Born in 1929 in Accra, into a family that included seasoned photographers, James Barnor went on to establish his ever-young studio in Jamestown in the early 1950s. And during that time, he captured crucial periods in our past, including Independence Day, iconic shots of family and friends, and heavyweights in Ghana's history, including Osajifor Dr. Kwame Nkrumah. In 1959, he had moved to London where he continued his work for South African magazine, Drum. He returned to Ghana in the early 1970s to establish the country's first colour processing lab while continuing to capture Ghana, her people and culture on camera. He returned to London in 1994 and today... His work adorns exhibition walls across Europe and beyond. I went to visit Uncle James, and in typical Ghanaian tradition, I announced the reason for my visit, Amanye. This is how it went. All right, let's see why you came here first. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I came here because um, I went to your exhibition I've known about you for a long time anyway Mm -hmm. so when I found out that there was a chance to actually meet you I wanted to come and see you because um, there's there's this quality about your work when I walked in I've I've been to the exhibition twice and I had to buy your book. You see, I've I'll got sign, it. I've signed it for you. Thank you so much. Mm. And the thing that really struck me was I didn't know anybody in the pictures, but there was a familiarity and a warmness. And I feel like you capture black joy really mm. beautifully. People are telling me, white people are telling me, black people are telling me. So I, my first question is, how, how do you do that? Because I walked in there and I felt like I was looking at um, all the pictures in my album, you know, the ones that my parents took. Mm. How do you, 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 you will enjoy it more if I went with you, you know, sure. and, and we'll, we'll do it. You will be surprised because, again, when I get into the <laughs> gallery, my whole atmosphere changes Mm. because I start on the right with a picture of mine you know the the one on the cover of uh, the guide yeah you know and and then I see all the uh, pictures with which I started in the 50s yeah of the politicians and things they were doing yeah and they all come to mind you know um 
there is one thing I want to, a legacy I want to leave for Ghana. Mm. But I already have two. One is the first photojournalist or photographer to work on a newspaper in Ghana. Yeah. You know, I was. So that alone is enough. That has one other connection. Uh, when we started, somebody was employed as a, a messenger and he was working in the editorial staff, yeah. you know, office, running errands. And somebody said, well, why don't you send uh, Sam to Mr. Bano to help him in the dark room? So he was sent to me. So and what year are we talking? 50, 1950. You know, 1950, and and he became Nkrumah's personal photographer. Oh wow! And travelled with him to Hanoi, and then to Guinea. Wow! You see, I mean, so that alone is I have left something. Absolutely, you see, so much. If I was in Ghana, by the time Nkrumah wanted a personal photographer, I might have been considered first. Mm. You know, but again, with my ever young studio, I really didn't like working for others, you know, that much because not that I was big headed, but I knew how to do my own thing. Mm. Uh -huh. uh, so I might not, but he, if he said, You are the man I want, I wouldn't say no. But how did you first meet Nkrumah anyway? Oh, I was, uh, I think when he came around, I was an apprentice. And then when I finished the apprenticeship, I started on my own. Then went into newspaper. And with, with the youth at the time of the 50, the beginning of the 50s, mm. uh, when he came and this uh, question of... Uh, self-government now as against self-government in the nearest possible, you know, that difference. Even the meeting that they had in Accra was near my house, Palladium. Okay. You see, so uh, one thing was that Nkrumah used the tactics which the uh, uh, seasoned politicians didn't know and using the youth and combining uh, people from different ethnic or what is it ethnic? You know, Usma, uh, Aibe. You know, he squashed all mm. and united the people. Everybody you are working with, you are working for Ghana, not uh, any of those things. That makes a lot of sense. What you're saying? Yes, yes. You know, he he used that to unite. You are in Ghana, and decisions are made in Ghana in Accra. And surprisingly, you know, with the CPP and the organization, especially with the youth that he organized, everybody was involved. Mm. You see, when any decision is made in Accra, straight away is in Ho, is in Kumasi, is in Cape Coast. You know, uh, that difference. That's that's why he won. Yeah. That that's why he was able to to get the people to because all of us or even the women 
you know, the market women, everybody was involved in Accra. And he was made to stand for Accra. Mm. That was a big difference. I've got a picture of uh, uh, Oko Kulumashi, the one who organized that dance, that band called Kulumashi. Yeah. Uh, which, more or less, I wouldn't say control, but everybody in Accra was involved. Mm. Uh, and he went to Nkrumah in the, in the cloth of the CPP colors to owe his like, allegiance. You know, I'm with you everywhere. And if I am following you and the whole of uh, the group, people in Accra are following the group and the group is mine and I'm the leader, then you have all of us. Yeah. And I took two pictures of him and Nkrumah in his house. Are those the ones that we see at the end? It's in the exhibition. Okay. Yes, you know, he, one, I think he has raised his hand like that. Yes, you know, I knew him, and I knew the Kolomashi. When they start from Lighthouse, Jamestown, and it's always in the evening, the sound vibrates at the Palladium, and you need to go through Hansen Road, and the speed which we... <laughs> <laughs> and... You know, I, I, I started learning 1947, you know, 47, 48, really? 49. When I, my mum was a baby. <laughs> I, I had to, I was teaching before. Yeah. Even, even I had taught as, at the blind school. Acropong? Yes. Wow. Yes, 1947 or 47, yes, 47, 48. I was borrowed because they were 11. They was, the school was started by some missionaries yeah. there, and they did it inside their area, yeah. you see, and had uh, Mr. Mwaku and his wife to be their mother, and, and I lived with them. Uh, wow. They borrowed me from Accra yeah. to teach them weaving, okay. blind children weaving. Okay, I and, have read this story, yes. And the, it was easier to teach them than Bishop's Girls School. I taught in Bishop's Girls School. Why do you think so? Why was oh, it oh, the concentration of the, of the blind people mm. without the eyes, mm. the concentration is stronger and more sensitive elsewhere. Okay. Every, uh, you know how much your eye draws you away. Yeah. Uh, and they were determined. You know, I'd been borrowed for a week or two Mm. They had to get everything from me. I was speaking Ga. I was about their age. Oh, you know, okay. I had just left school when yeah. I, uh, you know, and about about half of them were from Accra, and they all spoke Tree, you know, and I understood Tree. Yeah, and we were like brothers. Yes, even Mr. Mwaku sometimes during the break when we are supposed to sleep or you know. We'll be, we'll be having a good time. He will come and say, Mr. Bano, please give us. <laughs> you know, I've been there. I've been to the school. Maybe the big school you are talking about. Oh. I'm talking about when they were 11. Okay. Uh, where they, the same place? Yeah, yeah, no, no. They, 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 they built another place because uh, when I was at Graphic, yeah. I went with a, a journalist yeah. to cover. And we went to a different place. And, and I was in the graphic by 1950, 
52. I mean, that's an interesting story. When I read in the book, yes. I didn't know that the Mirror Group owned other ones that created graphics. Yes, they did. From, from, from Britain here? Yes, Times was their first one in Lagos. Okay. And, and Graphic was their, you know, and I think got a picture of Cecil King who came to do it. Not that time. Okay. You know, later okay. he came to Ghana again and mm. I photographed him, but I knew him. In the next segment, James Barnard discusses the part he played in capturing iconic scenes in the run-up to Ghana's independence. Okay, so the, the book that I had read, in there it had said that you were the one that had captured those evening shots when Ghana became independent. Not many evening shots. The, the, the real historic night when Nkrumah said, you know, tonight Ghana is free and this is going to be our national anthem and so on, one one evening. Mm. In fact, the evening before the eve of independence. Yeah. That picture which I took, um, uh, unfortunately, I gave it to the proprietor of drum Yeah. because I was with him. Mm. In fact, he convinced me to go. And I was with, so I, I, I think I gave it. So I haven't got any of those features at all. But they have them. But I was there. But I don't have any features. But I don't have many evening features uh, of the independence. I have a few uh, features of the independence, uh, not a party and so on, but not evening. But... I don't know whether to talk about the graphic or to talk about the beginning of independence or talk about my involvement in Nkrumah or, well, or what. Well, I mean, you've talked about your involvement in, in Nkrumah. Um, it's, what I found interesting was that you've been there at these really specific and important periods in our history. You're, you're the one who's yeah, been I think Yeah, I think I'm lucky. There were other photographers. There were other private photographers. There was one called Asamwa, who was very close to the CPP, even much more so than me. And he also had his own studio. And he had a bicycle and chased them everywhere he, they went. But when my pictures started to be acknowledged, and I went to Ghana and I asked about him, they said, oh, at the overthrow in 1966, they treated him very badly. Maybe he had uh, an appointment from the government or he was closely associated with Nkrumah for some reason. The Sambedu, who I said I trained, he wasn't even given any job at all. Mm. You know, and he was lucky he was out of the country before. But when he came back, he didn't get any job and he died by a lorry accident or something like that. So there's something that strikes me about your career. You're very talented. You have a family of photographers. Yeah, that, that is number one. You know, I don't think there's anybody who has so many connections. Yeah. He's con- connected with so many people in his family yeah. like me. But then also, you seem to be at the right place at yeah, the right that, time. That, that's true. And I feel that's like true. those things come together. And that's that talent... Uh, I don't know how talented I am. I was ambitious and I had two people who were very good and so 
I tried to follow them. You know, you know, each had his own way. The, the one who taught me was my senior cousin. Mm. He he must. He was doing photography perhaps before I was born, yeah. or when I grew up. He was, and I used to be sent to him. He was, you know, already established in the family. He taught me. He, I, I was apprenticed to him. So, what was his style? I guess and he was. He, he was a portrait photographer. Okay. You know, and he was a portrait for the but the old style, the Ghana old West African style, where you had that big camera and a tripod and black cloth, you know, people come to you most times, you know, and the picture was taken outside. And that's where the retouching comes in. I always mention retouching. Mm. And that's the means by which you sharpen a pencil and do, you know, all these lines. Mm. From the negative, you correct those things. So you get a picture of anybody with lines, somebody with lines, but eventually the lines are not there. Okay, and that's why... Today, uh, Photoshop can do that sort of thing. And you learn retouching, you know, to make people beautiful. That's what I learned from him. Okay. And seriousness about photography and a good technique, you see, but... It, there's no reaching thing about this is what you learn today, tomorrow you learn. You learn the things as they come to him and as you get it as an assignment. Okay. So what did you love about capturing people in that way that you did? Tattooing or catching? Capturing. Capturing their essence. So when you look at some of the pictures that I saw in the, the exhibition. The, the exhibition that you saw. I was telling somebody yesterday and even today as, you know, that, like, my studio was called Ever Young. Have you read something about how that name came? Yes, you should have heard it from, yes. And that aspect of my work, there's none in the exhibition. There's Why? none, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Because the archives that will make that possible were all thrown away. Ten years from 1949, when I started as a photographer on my own to do what I wanted, till when I left and came here, 10 years, the work that I did, they were big. The plays and the negatives, they, they were big. Uh, there's a bo- box here, but, but I don't think the, the plate is inside. Any plate is inside. But plates in which, uh, yeah. You know, something like that. Mm. You know, where you put... These were the size of the negatives. Mm. Uh, So you can imagine 10 years' worth of boxes like that that I collected. Mm. I couldn't bring them to England. I couldn't take them everywhere. I didn't have my house. I just... I was just 20-something or something. And I left them with my brother. And they were thrown away because I was in Britain for 10 good years and didn't return. So that was the reason? You know, where are you going to get the negatives to make the prints for exhibition? They were not there. That is my work. That is, I have two aspects of photography. Hmm. I learned from two people. Hmm. One is journalism, Hmm. 
taking pictures with a small camera. Even this one came from him. Yeah. This is one of the big ones, but it was, it's a press camera. Okay. Which American press uh, photographers moved about with, running around it. This is a, a, a press camera. But the size of the negative, you know, is big as... That. Yes. Yeah. So it can be used for that studio work as well as press. Yeah. You know, the other one which I use, you can't use it outside as to move. No, it's like a tripod one. You need the tripod, the wooden tripod, mm. to fix it on. You know, I've got I've got pictures of some here. Okay. I learned one from Mr. Dodu, the studio photography where retouching comes in. And I learned from Julius Aikens the journalistic side, where you use small camera and do things not quite, we will say not quite professional, uh, but also professional. And I learned these two things, how to chase news, chase objects, as well as the customers come, you look at the addresses, and you pose them, and you know, with the view that the pictures will go on their wall or on the album. Okay. With the others, they are to be published. Yeah. And even thrown away, you know, okay. and the next one, you know, because before the graphic came, and before I became uh, a newspaper photographer, all the presses were letter press. You know, rotary press, yeah. where you have the big roll, yeah. and the the paper finishes 30, yes. 40 pages yeah. rolled, and yeah. yes, you know, quite different. And it was a mirror that brought that. Okay. And when you have that, then you need photographs every day. Okay. You see, so you need a photographer full time. Okay. But before then, there was no, no need, need for that. Okay, I understand. You know, so if anybody said, oh, I'm a press photographer, he's lying, or something like that, I, 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 this is my excuse. They, those who were doing something similar, they were working for the information services. Mm -hmm. And they don't even print. They didn't print you know, pictures like that. They do it and give it to the information service. So did you like having that expertise? I mean, I mean somebody who is born in June, do you know what a Germanian is? I'm he's a got, Gemini. Yeah, you know, he's got, he, he has two men at the same time. Yeah. Me, I like two women at the same time. <laughs> 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 so many ideas at the same time. You yeah. want to try things. You want to try beautiful things. So, you know, I'm always having two, three, four things, ideas at the same time. So when that opportunity to leave and come to England came, is that why you also... It was it opportunity? I created it well, in a way. In the book, it says that your friend suggested that you come. You yeah, when, when he was, was leaving, yeah. I said, if you go and the place is good, let me know. And who was this man? My mentor, my school teacher, my role model my everything you can listen to part two of this interview and access other exclusive content and product discounts by joining our podcast club platform on ko-fi slash academy magazine thank you for listening the music in this episode is called life no day easy by chechaku and the super pong stars 
and is a special remix exclusively for Akadi magazine. Super Pong Stars is a high-octane patchwork of Ghana's indigenous genres, including palm wine music, high life, Afrobeat and Afro-funk. You can find out more about the band on their Instagram, Super Pong Stars. And if you'd like to listen to more podcasts like this, visit www.akadimagazine.com. Thank you.